Hey y'all, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. It is your host, Imani. Um, I think I'll start with a, not a disclaimer, but a um, a message and an update. Um, so like I, as you can probably tell, for like the, at least the last two months or so, there's been a bit of inconsistency with when I've been publishing. At this time, I am going to just name it. I'm going bi-weekly. Um, for the time being, I'm in the middle of a lot of really deep, intense shadow work myself that I thought was over months ago, and it just it, it is intensifying um, in a really beautiful way. It's not like it's hard, but I, I don't mind. It's, it's beautiful. It's a process. Um, and so there's just naturally been a lot more time that I need to spend with myself, for myself. And so I do not have the time or energy or even in sometimes the inspiration um, to publish weekly. And I feel like this is a, a an audience of people who understands that and, and appreciates it. So definitely thank you for your patience. Um, my love language this week is um, courtesy of Sanam. Thank you so much for bringing this word to my mind and really capturing something that has been festering in the back of my mind in a positive way for at least like the last two weeks. Um, and that word is embodiment. My love language this week is embodiment. Um, happy Aquarius season, happy new moon. It feels so much better than um, Pisces, not Pisces, who? Well, well, I don't know what Pisces season is about to be like. Feels so much better than um, Capricorn season. Um, the thing about, you know, that really intense Saturn-Pluto conjunction that literally it just, just a couple days ago um, has started to loosen its grip and its hold on us, right? Um, the thing about the conjunction is it magnifies, it puts something right in your face. I can imagine for a lot of people, it was just something where, remember like in my teary eyed end of the last podcast, we were talking about changing, you know, fear of power into holding ourselves accountable for our own healing. And it's really funny how it, it likely showed up in your physical reality in a number of different ways. I myself have kind of been dealing with things related to student loans, and I didn't even realize that at its core, beyond the way that it showed up in a very material way, it didn't really have anything to do with money and everything to do with trusting myself and trusting my power uh, and being able to make my way through and being able to get where I want to go by any means necessary. Honestly, truly. Um, And so here we are in a much gentler Aquarius season. Literally the moment that Mercury moved into Aquarius, there was just something different in, in the air there was air, right? And it was just like this really deep, you know, belly to upper chest breath and really deep, long 
exhale that we were able to take um, as the responsibility and accountability, the fears, the boundaries, the <laughs> the pain, the trauma just kind of slowly just kind of came off of our necks a little bit, right? And it, there may have been some kind of sense of release and some possibility, some sense of hope, right? Um, in the tarot, Aquarius is represented by the star. Um, and when we think about what stars mean to us and the meaning of stars in in our ancestral memory for some of us. I know last time we spoke about Harriet Tubman um, following the North Star um, to find her way to Canada. We think about how many different ancestors look to the stars. We think about in Kemet um, how or how the Dogon are to able to look to the star Sirius, how we look at the alignment um, in ancient Kemet in relation to the stars, um, the star Sirius in particular. Um, and they're just being in the collective conscious, um, which we will talk about in this episode, um, of the importance of hope. Wow. Ooh, ooh chills. Chills, chills, chills. Um, so many things this week have just been like, wow, the collective conscious, like, wow, 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 wow. And I didn't know the way that this would emerge for myself. Maybe two weeks ago, I was listening to, let me just say, this will be the only time that I ever mentioned the police on this podcast. And I'm not even mentioning the actual police. I'm talking about the fucking band. Anyway, so I was listening to the police because I love sting and the police I don't know why I just do um and I was listening to um message in a bottle and I don't know why it felt so important you know if go I'm not gonna sing the song because singing is not my thing even though I do it sometimes on this podcast um but like when he was talking about you know sending out his message you know and not really knowing if anyone will ever receive it you know just kind of throwing something out into the ether into the depth you know the the water is very much like the the sky and the the cosmic and the cosmos right the primordial waters which we talk about um that the um water bearer pours out it's 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 the ocean it's the universe it's the womb it's the cosmic womb you know it's all of that and so kind of like throwing this message out there and sending out this sos you know someone can someone save me you know waiting for the response and going back to the shore one day and seeing that there are millions and millions of bottles that are sitting there, people who are also experiencing the same exact moment of where is someone, is there hope, can someone do it? And being able to be in this moment where it's like, yes, someone can. So for myself, I've had my own message in a bottle moments, right? Where I've been throwing out an, an idea, a way, a, a thing, and being seeing that mirrored a thousand times back at me through the interactions that I have with people who are just very consciously and unconsciously, like just really in the flow. And, and it speaks to the power of the collective conscious, right? So the thing about 
And so I usually talk about um, traditional rulers on this podcast, but for the sake of this, and I feel like it's very important and it kind of shows, you know, astrology is, is, it can be, you know, adjusted to the way that you suit it. You know, it's not a very hard system. We can always come up with something different or a different way to interpret or look at something. Uranus in, in modern astrology is the ruler of, Aquarius, right? Um, and it's representative of a lot of different things that don't necessarily align with each other, but also really make sense and also kind of don't necessarily align with the Aquarian archetype. So what do I mean by that? So like there are lots of times I've talked about this before. People talk about Aquarians being detached um, or being very kind of um, impersonal um, or not really caring about one-on-one relationships and blah, 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 you know, all of the things, right? And what I've kind of seen is it's not detachment that the Aquarian is meant to embody, but it's a, um, the analytical mind of the Aquarian is one of non-attachment, right? It's being able to take a data set and make sense of what it is that you see. So what is that? So we have this kind of energy that we associate with like friends and but it's like this person is cold they don't have feelings and it's like how are we you know aligning ideas like community and humanitarianism and then also kind of like type like generalizing that these people are cold and that they don't like other people like come on you guys like that doesn't make any sense can you tell I like Aquarians I love Aquarians anyway um but all three of my best friends have either an Aquarius moon or an Aquarius rising. So I I just love the energy. It's just so it's so beautiful. Um and so the you know Uranus is about liberation. It's about personal liberation, right? Hold that. It's about brotherhood. Nah. <laughs> community. Let's just say community. <laughs> it's about sudden change it's about transformation it's about revolution anarchy humanitarian it's all of those things right and we can kind of see how all of those things are related right friends blah 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 you know there is a way that our society tends to in the opposite polarity in leo um really elevate and put on a pedestal romantic relationships and interactions because they provide a sense of pleasure in some sense, right? And and them having their relationship related to like hedonism. And there is not that same value placed on the importance of friendships. And I feel like we're at a time where that is changing completely because we understand how important friendship is to community. Um, we understand how friendship, important friendship is to personal development in the same way that uh, romantic relationships are, but of course for very different reasons. Um, but being able to expand the ways that we look at and value friendship and community building with one another. And it leaves room to kind of really filter away or kind of wash away some of the um, superficial things that we impose on friendship. 
because um, we do have to remember that traditionally Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. And so there is always an element of responsibility, accountability, discipline um, that also navigates the Aquarian archetype in a social sense, right? When we are talking about the collective conscious, and one thing that's kind of uh, emerged for me is the idea of caring. I say caring because of the the water bearer aspect of um, uh, Aquarius. If you listen to last year's uh, Aquarius season episode, it actually is one of my favorite because I had written a piece Um, a letter to Aquarius back when I still had my newsletter, yikes, Um, that spoke about pouring, you know, being able to hold what's emotionally going on with the collective, being able to hold everyone's needs, being able to hold what's going on inside of everyone around you, the people that care for you, um, the people that you care for, and being able to pour them back into the collective. So it's kind of being able to carry people and kind of filter the water in the same way that we filter data, right? Let's think about data not as like numbers, but thinking about data in terms of the emotional outputs, the emotional tides that people are experiencing. Let that be the data instead right? Holding on to that, capturing that in an algorithm, capturing that in an equation, in a number set, whatever it may be, and being able to form a container that holds it and allows us to kind of know the way that we're meant to pour those primordial waters, and primordial waters are the the waters that created earth um, and existence, Um, the waters that create existence. Yes, so the waters that create people, right? When you're watering plants, while you put all of this water into this container, it belongs in different spaces, you know, and different plants. All of the different plants have different needs. Like you don't water your, all of your plants the same way. Even if you may be using the same water, right? you may be using exactly what it is that you have to bring when you're pouring into other people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's impacting them the, the, the exact same way. Um, it doesn't mean that your container is the exact same container as somebody else's, right? But it's you being able to carry what you can feel of what is being experienced by other people and how you are able to make meaning with what you have in that vase, in that pot, and being able to distribute that among people in the way that it's needed. You know, you give a lot to some, you give a little to others, some you water very frequently, some you only need to water once a month, right? Um, it, it, that is what the Aquarian energy is about. We step outside of ourself, right? We understand that there is a unique and individual role that we play, but we utilize it for the fact that we know there is a very special way that we're being asked to pour into our community. I'm going to read from, and, you know, thinking about that, like, with the the sun um, being the ruler of um, 
Leo, it being about the light and the spotlight being in one place on one individual, it's very much so spreading that light, your individual light, throughout many is the idea of Aquarius season. I have been reading from Emergent Strategy today, and I want to talk about interdependence and decentralization, who we are and how we share. I'm going to read just one page. There was a quote um, that um, just seemed to make so much sense. And it's on page 86 for those who own the book. I believe in the honesty of trees. I, like many organizers, have spent a lot of time processing the notion that nothing worth its outcome involves everyone's priorities, desires, visions, and perspectives in every phase and around every decision. I look at the anatomy of trees as one of nature's examples of successful organizing that realizes that our power is in our ability to both be fiercely centered and grounded, but also infinitely reaching towards our unique sources of energy, light, and growth. Each tree's elements are reliant on one another, but totally function, totally unique in form and function. There is no competition or pressure to be the root or the trunk or the buds that bloom. Each tree is a universe, a master delegator, a puzzle, and a puzzle piece. They have encouraged me to not worry so much about making everyone feel important and to focus on how to create systems and support efforts where everyone is important and clear on how their work is unique, crucial, and totally interconnected. And this was said by Morgan Mann Willis. Non-attachment is not about not caring, but it is about being able to have a big picture. We think about Saturn and how it sits in both Capricorn and Aquarius, how it rules both of those. You know, the structure is Capricorn. The ability to see beyond that structure and allow that that structure is able to continue to exist, right? When we think about the tree and how, yes, it has its roots. Yes, it has its trunk, but it allows itself many opportunities to reproduce and spread you know, in many different environments to continue to sustain the existence of that, the genetic model of that particular tree. We're being asked to take a step back, right? And and not a step back words, but take a step back and look at the bigger picture. The cusp of the earth and air elemental is one of the bigger picture and I think I've I've read from what Alice Sparkly Cat had said um about these two um things um before and how it's like the mountain with the mist is not really concerned with the details and like while you can look let me I don't want to butcher their words Uh, I swear I go on this website like every fucking day. <laughs> ah, they just have like the best articles. They're like so good. Um, bear with me, please. Excuse me. 
real raw. We burp on this podcast. Um, elemental combos. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This sign combo is looking at the mountain from afar. It is the horizon. There's a lot of air and there's a lot of earth. There are elements that are much more meaningful when appreciated from far away, unlike water and fire, which can only be experienced from up close. This combo has a lot of perspective. Think of a landscape painting and why we paint in that way. It is a scene that is about pondering big ideas. A landscape painting creates vantage, space, and time. There's a lot of room to spare in this combo. If you look at a mountain from a distance, you can feel secure in terms of understanding how it is built. The lay of the land gives a sense of permanence, even as the winds whip past. Earth and air people give a big a sense of bigness because you feel that they trust they'll be where they say they'll be, despite all their faraway pondering. In actuality, air does move earth, but it does so through persistent motion, not spontaneous thought. Earth and air people are like the wind patterns on a stone. They have a pattern and they're busy figuring out the patterns of the large world that we live inside. So we are kind of smack dab in a season in which we will experience that. And when Saturn enters Aquarius in um, March for a brief period of time before it goes retrograde and then we'll be back there in December, it is this you know, ask now that you see the reality of what needs to be healed societally, right? As well as what needs to be healed individually. It's all, you know, microchasm, macrochasm. You are, there is the universe, but you also are a universe. This, there are many different levels of what a universe is. I think you understand what I'm trying to get at. It's fractal, right? Um, The... The season um, and and the following months will just have this way of pulling you back. And it's not to be, again, confused with being moved backwards, but realizing that you're being given a vantage point, right? The air is about to be, um, you know, the the sky is about to be mostly earth and air. Um, moving into 2021. And so again, it will be perspective, perspective, perspective. There is another thing that I wanted to mention, and I'm hopefully in looking at the astrology, I'll be able to kind of pin it down. You know, there was, this is a very long intro. We've been talking for like, what, almost 30 minutes. You know, I'll try to make the next piece no more than 45. I'll, that is my goal. Um, there is this really big ancestral energy presence that I picked up on when I was going through the astrology of 2020 for myself. Um, And it was just very like, like, I don't know how you, how you find that in like, a birth chart even though I probably should know know that but there is a lot of 12th house things kind of happening um yeah well you know the 
anyway, we'll get there. And, and it definitely has a lot to do with this, this Mercury retrograde that's coming up as well. Um, where there is something beyond what we physically know of ourselves. And it's not even about what you know. That's, that's the other thing. It, <laughs> you know, um, it's 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 something else and I, I don't know what that word is right now but it's just it's very it was just very present in looking at the chart for the sun ingress on um was that monday yes on monday on mlk day right that's another example of pulling back big picture you think about the progression of king's you know career um, up until his assassination, it was this very ground level, very Capricorn. This is the structure. This is what's wrong with the structure. And I can imagine that later in life, or at some time in his life, you know, after having probably most of his personal planets progress into the sign of, um, uh, for those who don't know about progress charts, your chart in a way is fixed, but it's also consistently changing because it's like a spiral and it's like a you know anyway um as they progressed into the sign Aquarius and I can imagine that there was this wait a second you know when it comes to the like I've integrated my people into a burning building being able to again I see the structure what can we do to make a different structure one but also how do we vantage point how do I back up and see what's there right and being able to have that analysis of of capitalism and how entrenched it is in racism and militarism and imperialism you know it it literally you know he was assassinated at this point this year will be 52 years ago um and it is the same exact story as we know right but it's for ourselves knowing that that is there what is it that we can do different and see this is how the ancestor piece comes in right and I think it's so beautiful that this season with all of that beautiful 12th house energy um started on his birthday and on his Memorial Day, you know, and on the day that we remember him nationally, you know, and I I think beyond how we remember him nationally, how we as people who are movement workers, because whether you know it or not, yes, you are a movement worker in some way or another. You just are, you know, um, they for what it means to us and for us to just name for so many people to just name and we've seen this just grow every single year especially with social media like being able to call a fucking spade a spade and be like no you assassinated this man this is what his actual legacy is beyond you know republican freaking congressmen posting i have a dream quotes every fucking week you know and so like every fucking year and so like you know, what is it that they were trying to tell us? You know, in the same way that that article talked about how it's a vantage point, it's perspective, it's this knowing that the landscape will always be there, even though it's not very close. 
that's what ancestors are, right? They're not physically here, but they are ever present. And so it really feels like this season is really calling us to feel into what is surrounding us. You know, what are the lessons of those in our ancestry, in our lineage, in our people, in our families um, that are not around anymore that show examples of one, what needs to be healed, but two, the ways that they have healed and the ways that they have resisted existing um, systems, right? There are those examples. I don't think I finished saying what I was saying in the last episode, but when I was listening to the How to Survive the End of the World podcast, you know, there's this one episode where they were talking about, you know, when uh, Harriet Tubman, you know, was able to declare like, I am free. It was a moment in which she was able to call into the future and be able to sense into what freedom is and that someone like her is experiencing freedom, is experiencing liberation and being able to declare in that moment that that is a reality, right? And when you think about, you know, your own personal healing and how there's been a, you know, in, you know, working through your own personal process and being like, I can't believe I was able to work through that. There was someone in your lineage who was like, there will be a day when we don't have to feel this and I don't have to feel that way anymore. And and you are the embodiment of that, right? The collective conscious isn't present. It transcends time, right? The things that we're talking about and the things that we're living and experiencing right now are no different than the concerns of somebody of, you know, a thousand years ago. There was the same exact conversation, maybe, you know, in a different way because like there weren't like iPhones and and other shit like that. But like there was this same collective desire of liberation, you know, and of being free, being able to to create those systems that allow everyone to feel important, to, to re-quote what was said, right? And so it's very, that is why the, the difference is so stark between Capricorn and Aquarius season, especially this one in particular, like I could literally just feel it in a way that I haven't been able to before. You know, there is just a very different wave that and direction that we're being going going into it's feel exactly what is happening around you so that you are inspired to one face it we are not avoiding that this is what the reality is right this is what we see this is what we're experiencing what is it that we're about to do to transcend that who are the voices that will allow you um to be able to see into and experience what is needed to find that personal sense of liberation, right? That individual or um, individual, ah, there was this word that Dane Rudard uses in um, its individuation rather than like individualization. Um, I, the definitions, I look them up, I, it's important. If you feel called to look it up, you can look it up. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, this process of an individuation, right? The individual is not lost in community. The individual is asked to move, to step forward on behalf of community, right? That's the Aquarian non-attachment thing that we have to understand. You know, it's, I'm so, you know, the, I'm so unique. I, this, I, that, like, yes, you are so unique. Yes, 
continue to do that? Do you know that your uniqueness serves the function of community when it's done so authentically, right? I'm going to stop ranting. I actually have to go and I'm going to come back to finish this maybe today, possibly. If not, I will finish it tomorrow and I will talk to you all then. Okay, so there are a couple of different things. Obviously, yesterday, the 24th, was the new moon. Um, Ooh, wow. So I'm just reading through. So I had, as I had mentioned before, I took a lot of notes um, regarding what's going to be happening in 2020 because it just kind of will help kind of ground me in whatever is happening each month and I won't have to look everything up every single month over and over again. I wrote, a new direction aside from inspiration um, also needs you to rely upon precedents or ancestors. Wow, and I wrote this in um, December, just so you know. Stripping away colonial narratives is important, but it also requires an understanding of the ways of the indigenous and ancestral practices. So that is kind of what I felt was being really called in with the new moon in Aquarius. It has this um, element of, of course, like humanitarianism and, and community based on wherever it's landing in your chart. If you're an Aries rising or sun, if you're looking at your solar chart because you don't know you're rising or you're looking at both, it would be in the 11th house. If you're a Taurus, it would be in the 10th, Gemini, 9th, so on and so forth, right? Um, if we land all the way at um, Pisces, it would be the 12th house, right? Um, and on the 27th, we have a Venus conjunction to Neptune in Pisces. Um, and it will be square Mars and Sagittarius from 16 at about 16 degrees. Um, what I wrote there is wishful thinking, rose colored glasses, love, anxiety, a desire for romance, unconditional love, being creative or being in a relationship with others. How long can inspiration and optimism lead you? Participation in collective peak experiences through love and money conflict with the action needed for rebirth. You can't have your cake and eat it too, but that doesn't mean you have what you asked for is impossible. It's possible that your vision isn't as clear as you'd like to believe. We'll kind of get into that and things that I would suggest or things that might kind of come up um, on that day. I think money anxiety is a really big thing around that day as well. Um, February, going into February, February 9th. Um, so somewhere between January and... <laughs> February 9th, um, Venus is going to enter um, the sign of Aries, I believe probably on the 5th, uh, not the 5th, the 8th um, of February. Um, Venus will be conjunct Chiron. Now, this is one that I've been waiting for. And what I wrote there is remember what I said on the 27th. Yeah, that participation in a greater life comes at the expense of self. You can't let yourself win in love if existing, if the existing paradigm of love means you must dissolve yourself. Is there room for you to heal and for the fight on behalf of the relationship and what you val and what you value then to assert it? I don't know what the hell that means. It's already here. Defend it. Abandon. Fuck you. Pay me. We'll get into that. February 9th. 
we have our full moon in Leo at 20 degrees. Uh, I wrote, remember the divinity of self when you feel yourself being called into community. Yes, the greater picture is important, but you are not just one of many. There's an embodiment of God consciousness that is unique to you and unique to the needs of the future. So the full moon in Leo, um, everything that we were talking about at the beginning will provide this really large sense of clarity around what it is about you that needs to be brought into community spaces. It's a beautiful day, right? Um, that will really inspire a lot around identity and self-expression. Um, it's a very big self-individual day um, and a moment to really kind of remember that in the face of, you know, opposition. Um, and by opposition, I mean, you know, things outside of you. So if, you know, with Sun and Aquarius, there may be a lot of things happening in community, happening in community spaces, you know, and especially with the Venus conjunction to Chiron and Aries. Again, it is a really big, whoa, what does it mean to be a partner? But like, what does it mean to be a partner without losing yourself, right? Venus um, conjunct Neptune was very much so about being able to lose yourself in love, right? And to a certain extent, there is amount of surrender that will be asked of us, but it's not blurring the lines between who you are and that, right? February 16th, Mars will enter Capricorn, thank God. Um, and that will also be the day that Mercury will and go retrograde in Pisces at 12 degrees. And this is also where we'll start to talk about the woo ancestral things that seem to be kind of coming through. Okay. Um, the, it's important to note right now that, um, the, um, sun, not the sun, um, in the sky, what was I about to say? My mind literally just went bleh. Um, oh, in the sky, every single planet is direct right now. So you likely see a lot of really thing, good things coming through. I think that you can trust that the leads and things that have been generated during this, this time are really viable. Whereas a lot of the things that you may have came into over the last year or so, or even some of the delays that you've experienced, when you're like, why isn't this thing coming through? There was a lot more clarity that was needed that at this point is probably being provided since planets are leaving their shadow. Um, and so there is an element of like, what was I missing? What wasn't I seeing about, you know, relationships, about money, about community, about security, about, you know, just we can go through all of the fucking planets if you want, right? <laughs> that have just went direct in the last couple of weeks. You know, it's like being able to kind of see that one thing that I've noticed with this um, Chiron Direct um, is that there is this overwhelming, uh, it's, I've been realizing that I, we've been living in a space of everyone's identity wounds and, and in the space of the wounded masculine. Um, and now it's being able to, through, I guess, of course, for everyone, it depends on what areas of your life are kind of most important for me it's my fifth and sixth house so it's been in relation to uh yeah I'm not gonna say that okay so <laughs> actually I am I will it kind of um 
it's really interesting. Sometimes things pop up in the opposite house, right? So like my um, 11th, 12th house has been very, 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 very busy. Um, And like it's while everything has felt very like individual and I've experienced these things on like a very personal level, it's being able to see and in terms of like my relationship with people, my relationship to particular things or particular things that I do, but being able to kind of see the bigger picture that informs that um, relationship, um, the community spaces, whatever it may be. And so it's been very weird um, being able to see these this wounded masculine while being in this very intense period in which I've been doing my own healing of my inner masculine, right? And then being able to kind of see what that means about what's going on around me with the people that I'm experiencing. It's been very, um, very interesting. So looking at the chart from Monday, um, when the sun entered um, Aquarius, <sighs> again, it's really, really interesting. Um, what is it called? It's very interesting um, 12th house energy. We had, let me pull up my, this presentation, my Venus stuff, because there are so many Venus aspects um, kind of going on that I want to talk about um, as we, you know, because as you could see through the, the chart, there was a lot of stuff um on the ascendant we have um it's pisces at 23 degrees um we have chiron in the first house um as well as um our good friend uh uranus in the first house as well in this chart um we have aries and libra intercepted in the first and seventh house respectfully um respectively so there is this really big disconnect between individual identity and relationship to other people that we're being asked to work through <clears throat> during this season. Um, and there is a really big ask to, uh, there is a big kind of release and catharsis um, in the 10th house um, because of some of the things that we have um, chosen to do um, in relation to nurturing and, um, I, I think it, it's important to kind of talk about the shadow of cancer to kind of point to what's kind of happening in the fourth and 10th house access, right? So we know that they could be, um, very emotionally. So that I, I say this in this way. So what you can either see for yourself or also even in other people in your environment is, you know, if you've chose nurturing and you've put, chose to kind of put forth um, the importance of creating healthy emotional boundaries in which you're able to pour into yourself in the way that you need to. If you found that you've been able to kind of reframe the way that um, you um, how do I explain this? you know, in the way that if you've been able to reframe the the way that you seek and, and find success, you know, um, outside of this, you know, very kind of masculine paradigm that, 
that centers the way that we do work and the way that we do the work and the way that we engage in, in movements. And again, movement working is, is very individual and collective process as well. What is it? I think I, um, there's a community is to, um, the individual as spirit or I don't remember what that quote was. I don't even remember where I saw it, but it's important. Um, I think it was actually an emergent strategy and it was something that was on Grace Lee Boggs. I hope you all could hear me. I have my phone in a really weird place. And um, Grace Lee brought Boggs um, home. Um, she had something posted on her wall. Hold on. That's really, Yes, community building is to the collective as spiritual practice is to the individual, right? So being able to see that and, and knowing that, and I the biggest thing with the North Node in Cancer is being able to make us see that these changes don't come from some sort of external place. It's being able to create that destiny within you changing the emotional framework and the emotional wiring that is going to shift what's outside of you, right? And so from there, being able to see what old systems you can kind of let go of um, because they don't necessarily, old structures, you know, old um, responsibilities um, that don't necessarily belong to you anymore because that's just not your role because there's somewhere else that you can kind of give to or get not give to but give from there's a lot of really beautiful um 11th house energy in the chart as well um so there is this really big ask of you know what are the structures that add value to life that provide us with the opportunity to make the choices to take the risks to take the adventures that it is that we that we need um at this time right? Um, Midheaven is in Sagittarius. So we have the Sun, um, Saturn, Pluto, and Mercury all chilling in the 11th house. So it's even to a sense being able to see what is the function of accountability, um, accountability for healing. What does that serve when we're thinking of a systematic approach um, to grow communities to take risks um, and make the choices that we need to be able to expand um, the to expand I guess the opportunities for for shifting beliefs and philosophies especially within community and within systems right um, in the 12th house we have Venus and Neptune um, at this point in the this cycle, this this spiral of life, um, we there is no um, aspect between the two. Um, Venus was at eight degrees on that day, and Neptune, of course, has been chilling at sixteen. However, there was this really nice, um, or not nice, the scary little ooh, uh, ch- uh, square between Venus in. Um, Venus in, um, my mind is just going blank. Um, Venus in Pisces and, um, the moon 
um, the moon and um, Mars in Sagittarius. Uh, so there is this element of being very unrealistic that we find in the square between Pisces and Mars. Um, Venus moon aspects. Let's kind of go through those. So there is maybe have over this time where there may be a difficulty separating your worth and your expectations from that of the parents or family and even the societal expectations around um, womanhood, um, self-esteem worth tied to mainstream standard of womanhood, having difficulty aligning habits and emotional needs um, with your self-esteem needs, a tendency to try desperately to meet someone's partnership expectations um, to your own detriment. Um, this could be a season in which, you know, um, there is this very large conflict popping up in relationships some people may discover that they are the other woman um or that they have perpetually been living that role um and that um and then even in some sense not having um your needs and and met and fulfilled within relationship um there may be kind of a big um, a, a need to uh, to work through a, a disdain for women, conservative or strict views around womanhood, even beauty, uh, or even being able to kind of combat odd or awkward relationships with women. It also is a really big thing centering around codependency, um, an addiction to cope with feelings, um, and overall a disharmony within the inner feminine. Um, is are some of the things that are kind of brought in there. What I'll say with all the really harsh Venus stuff, I think that people should choose in multiple instances. So in this instance, I think choosing to move from a place of like being able to pick up on what is the emotional framework that I'm working with right now um, and how is it that I can adjust and mold and change that so that I can update my um, relationship needs, self-esteem, and value needs based on um, a knowing and an understanding of what at my core I need um, and use to operate through through life daily. Like what is what is habitual in me when it comes to what I'm feeling, um, especially the the bigger feelings um, that I possess. The thing about um, the square between Venus and Mars being given the signs that they're in is it's really easy to make ourselves think like, oh, I can do all of this now or, you know, this these lines don't necessarily need to be defined that well, right? Because there's this really big expansion energy that both Sagittarius and Pisces have because they're both, you know, traditionally ruled by... Um, uh, what's it called? Jupiter, right? And so it's being able to to think back into that. And so Jupiter in Capricorn is really speaking to both of these things where it's like, look, I need you to hone in and really kind of figure out, you know, what is going on with you in your emotional body, right? The thing about both Venus and the moon is that they both have a lot to do with feeling just in two different ways. But the, you know, it's uh 
if the moon is the what's happening inside of you that creates emotion venus is the way that that feeling impacts the sensory system so what you see what you feel what you t- you know all of the then reactions right in a way um and so being able to kind of figure out you know for yourself like taking a step back and saying okay like I where do I have the blinders over my eyes Venus is in a nice sextile to um Jupiter so this is definitely a season where if you want to lean into a realistic view (laughs) about you know what direction or what ways that those areas of your life can kind of shift um and grow especially in a positive way there is definitely the framework there to do so mars is square neptune in this chart so in the season there is a really big element of kind of uh taking steps through the dark not even the dark but through the mist and even being able to see for yourself what there may be particular ideals that you have um and there is um a much more kind of uh and while it can be like, let's just move through this in a very ethereal Wizard of Oz kind of way, you know, what I think a lot of decisions and a lot of short term goals that you need for yourself, it ultimately doesn't really feel like a big decision making time. It's kind of more about like, let me just plant these seeds. And once they kind of come up, we'll see what we're going to do, what we're going to do with them. I think in terms of the direction to move into, there will definitely be a lot more clarity and a lot more um, of a practical and reliable use of our energy and of our willpower once Mars enters um, Capricorn at the end, uh, towards the end of, literally at the end of Aquarius season. Um, Let's look at, I want to... I didn't read about the moon cycle. I don't feel like doing it. Let me look at this new moon chart. Do I even want to do that? Not really. Sorry. Um, our I want to take the time to talk uh, uh, more about this Venus conjunct Capricorn. I mean, conjunct Neptune and Pisces. Um And unfortunately, I have to pull the time and date myself because it wasn't on Cafe Astrology. That's two days from now. And the moon will be in a waxing crescent. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, let me, I'm just actually going to pause and then I will come back. Your girl is back. So, <clears throat> on the 27th, um, I feel like this day and um, the 9th, I believe I said, are really, besides the, the major lunations, like the new moon, 
uh, and the full moon, and of course even like the quarter moons, you know, but we're not going to talk about those this time. I just want to spend this time talking about these two things since we're going to have a full moon episode um, in which we'll talk about um, Mars in Capricorn and Mercury. Yeah, oh, I guess there's a lot of shit to put in that episode. Anyway, um, or not, there I'll be back from my hiatus by that time. Um, so this is really important. So like when we were talking about, um, you know, how we're showing up in community and our, um, responsibility to our community, the, the testing ground for that and the individual change that we're making internally is playing out in the relationship arena and there is this very kind of big storyline around the programming and the unconscious things that rule and work through and that that rule our um relationship self um and ultimately our value needs and desires so this is all happening when we have the beautiful um crescent moon um the waxing crescent which is my favorite it literally of the um (laughs) this is the moon phase that most people who get readings from me are born under i don't know why um I'll let me read from the spiral of life for you real quickly. So the faster planet is struggling out of some past condition shown by its house sign and aspects in order to operate in tune with the slower planet. If the struggle is not successful, the faster planet remains in bondage to the past with a deep unconscious sense of being overwhelmed by it or by karma or the collective. So there is a lot in the dark moon phase, you know, that, which is the new moon, that is, as we've, as I've kind of mentioned, let me reread what I had said earlier, a new direction, aside from inspiration, it also needs you to rely upon precedence, precedence and ancestors. Stripping away colonial narratives is important, but it also requires an understanding of the ways of the indigenous and ancestral practices. And so it's being able to be aware of, okay, this doesn't work anymore. This system and this way of being is not the way that I navigate this, but being able to occupy that space with something else is what's gonna be important. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is that there, and what you'll see is that there will be this overall kind of conflict and and avoidance. I had posted a video about avoidance that I think is really, really, really like relevant to this transit um, and also really relevant to, you know, outside of money and love and relationships, you know, what are some of the things that we're facing as we're in the, you know, doing this work. You know, and as we're relating with other people who are also doing this work and everyone being at kind of different levels and, and degrees of being able to to do that in a in a meaningful way, it's being able to, you know, if you don't have something to kind of fill that space with, it can be really easy to feel overwhelmed 
Um, it can be really easy to fall back into old patterns that kind of work. It's kind of like when people tell you like, oh, you need to boycott this thing um, and don't have the, you know, in in theory and in, in the most ideal sense, it's like, yes, we do need to do that. But what other things and systems are in place that will be able to will be able to kind of lean on and utilize to fill that gap that has kind of came up, you know, in our lives, right? Um, so with the full, with the crescent moon phase, what we're looking about, looking at, and I just was just talking to somebody about this the other day, is building forms for the sun's power. So sun in Aquarius is like, okay, cool. Like we have all of this power and we know what we how we need to to pour into each other what are we doing to make space for that right and the moon in pisces is kind of like okay well i feel what everyone is feeling you know i don't really have any type of emotional boundaries right now um because there's so much emotional intel that's going on right and there's so much that's kind of happening around us outside of us you know, and all of this, this really nice little cilium that's in, um, in Pisces, it's really easy to go down that route and be like, oh, wow, like, I feel a lot. I want to be able to love my people, love myself, love this situation, whatever it may be, in an unconditional way. And Mars in, in Sagittarius is kind of like, whoa, 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 like, yeah, like, I, I get that. But like maybe we should actually just really pull back and put all of our energy and all of our resources into expanding in some other direction that feels a lot more dynamic, that feels a lot more bold and and authentic, right? I would like to use my willpower here, right? But it's being able to assess for yourself that it's like you to, it's like, you know what, like, yes, like, I understand the idea of conditional love. Yes, I understand the idea of being very bold and risk taking in the decisions that you're making in the way that you're externalizing yourself and what you're doing with your willpower. But it's like being able to in kind of take the rose colored glasses off for a second and be like, look, we can't just do this through just idealism, right? You know, we're the um, Mars in um, Sagittarius is answering to that Jupiter in Capricorn. And it's like, look, you know, you have dreams, you have wishes, you have hopes that you formed last year when Jupiter was square Neptune. Um, And right now, what I need you to do is think about the ways that we're supposed to um, build structures that are practical, that are reliable, that are well thought out, that will allow us to grow and expand in a very in a very intentional way that's serving the function of life building, that's serving the function of making sure that you hold yourself accountable and are responsible for, you know, the the areas of life in which you have a, a an authority and a calling to do something in particular, right? And so I will say with this aspect, even though it is a little bit difficult, lean into, you know, the thing with the square is it's always like, it's not about, you know, it's not a not now. It's not a no, but it is maybe a not now, or let's do that at a different time. Or maybe we can do this so that we can change that, right? 
the Mars is in the eighth house. So diving deep and having your short-term goals really being centered around examining the things that are owed to you, the things that you owe to other people, the things that you owe to yourself, the things that are inside of you that need to, that are coming back up for you to re-examine, charging into that direction, right? Shooting the arrow in that direction, right? Kind of uh, being able to transmute, you know, a lot of the old and maybe even, um, uh, a lot of the old, you know, beliefs and uh, beliefs that we've, that we've chosen, um, that have created, um, paradigms that we don't even really believe or want for ourselves at this time. Right. So being able to kind of reassess that is, is what I would say that you can go into you can come back to love later, right? Because there's so much more that we're going to have to kind of discover and work through, especially as Venus enters um, Aries and is then conjunct Chiron. And it's this really big slap in the face of like, wow, like this is something that has been showing up when I'm in relationship with other people. And it's not necessarily something that I could see as clearly because, you know, Venus was being... um, is kind of in a way under the spell of of Neptune and is kind of in this really like elusive like ah wow like love and unconditional and it's like yes you know I was watching um it's really funny so like you you all heard about like the message in a bottle right um and I was watching finished watching an Amanda Ellis video yesterday and she was talking about mental health And I think this is the thing that's kind of coming up here Um, and thinking about mental wellness during Aquarius season is something that's really important because it's what's going to prepare you to be, you know, and and this is something I've said to clients when I've been doing their their readings for, for months now. It's like this is a year, especially this month of January, the focus has to be very internal. There's a lot of work that we think that we need to do outside of ourselves that we're actually really being called to do inside, right? Um, Shout out to, again, I will say it again, Sanam, talking about collectively there being this really big root clearing. And it's, again, it's working through this karma um, and this kind of, um, this unconscious way of being that we're struggling out of, right? And so while we may want to externalize, while the sun in both, Um, Capricorn and Aquarius was like build 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 you know the moon is going to remind us time and time again during the season yes we do need to build but what we need to where the foundation is starting inside and so what we're building is going to externalize the more that we go within right it's very difficult to kind of get to hold on to that Piscean energy in a way that's helpful and fruitful because it is in the 12th house, right? And it can be very easy for us to get carried away and taken away from ourselves to the point in which we're ignoring our own needs, the needs of our own emotional needs, because we're being flooded by others. And we're being flooded by this larger ideal of what love could be for everyone and for the collective. 
And so it is a time to acknowledge that that's what's being felt. There may be a lot of kind of anxiety or worry that you feel around there. It's important to note that right now, a lot of really big stuff collectively is coming up related to money um, and value and beauty. And so those are other areas of life in which this will kind of go into. And again, I say go in the direction of, you know, there's a lot that's kind of coming up and there's this tension between your individual um shit that you need to work through and how that is at in conflict essentially with what's going on for the collective i want to re-read that quote from emergent strategy I believe in the honesty of trees. I, like many organizers, have spent a lot of time processing the notion that not anything worth its outcome involves everyone's priorities, desires, visions, and perspective in any phase and around every decision. So it's like if you're interested in showing up in community and doing whatever work it is that you do outside of yourself, the, you have to make sure that whatever shit that you're carrying is just that. You know, it can be really easy to say, this is what this space needs, and this is what this movement needs, and this is what these people need. And there may be an opportunity to kind of name that, but it's important not to get kind of flooded and taken over by that to the point where that's the only thing that you're focusing on. And you're not kind of seeing what is brewing because of the internal conflict that you may kind of feel around taking care of yourself and taking care of other people, right? Especially when taking care of yourself might be come off as very selfish. It may even come off as very abrupt um, and impulsive to other people outside of you, but it is in a way an act of self-preservation and ensuring that you're able to show up in, in your respected role in a way that isn't just flooded by everything that's happening with, with other people, if that makes sense. When we're looking at the crescent moon, the area, the areas of the chart that I would really kind of invite you to, to focus on is the fourth house, the third house, and the north node, as well as what's happening with the moon. So the, the moon in Pisces is trying to hold everyone um, and hold space for everything. Um, and, and think about everything that everyone is feeling and try to, to spread itself so thin to the point where it's trying to hold space for everyone. And that can, of course, create a lot of anxiety and worry um, and feeling like you're not doing enough and you're not making enough money. You're not doing enough in your relationship. You're not doing enough in this partnership. You're not, you know, it, it can be really easy for it to quickly turn into that right um or be so kind of detached or dissolved and and like in this kind of yucky little pool of like all of this pollution this neptune is pollution let's remember that right and being kind of stuck in these polluted waters that you're trying to you know the water is 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 gross and muddy and you're like trying to like shovel individual like pieces of muck out of it and you're still sitting in the water and just throwing the this muck into a different space in the water if that makes sense that's what I see in my mind's eye right now and so it's like doing that emotionally and doing that in relationships pull back pull back pull back pull back the people that will 
be there for you and the people that get it, I mean, the people that get it will be there for you. And I think what will kind of come from it is, is an awareness of like, oh, wow, like um, these people are not able to hold space for me in this way. What does that say about community? What does that say about the ways that we are and are not accountable to each other? But can you also just name that you need to, to pull back? Can you step out of the waters for a second to say, like, this is a lot to take on. I need to unmuddy my part of the water. Can you unmuddy yours? Going back to the Unbanded Ellis video, she was talking about, um, and she was, it was a channeling of, of Princess Diana. It was actually really interesting because she was talking about um, this Meghan Markle, Harry kind of thing. You know, it was just very interesting. And it talked about, uh, a lot about family um, and, and karmic cycles and families and, and, and this idea of stop, you know, when we think about like princesses and royalty, there is this fairy tale that we project onto people. Um, and realizing that it's not a fairy tale, it's people's lives. And, and I think there is a, the, those messages kind of came through when they did, because they are very important to this season as well. And and to some of the things that we're saying, you know, the Venus Neptune conjunction, it can be very fairy tale like, you know, it can be very easy to look at something as this um this vision of what we wish it was you know very salon i saw things i imagined you know and it's like being able to to step back from that to leave that behind so that you can come back to what you envisioned and see it a lot more clearly and what it is is a perpetuation of a, a wound in relationship to other people that's related to the masculine energy right um the so what i was saying about going into what's happening in in the third and fourth house you know looking around you and seeing you know what is the pulling back right what is the larger picture of things south node in uh capricorn is like what are these structures that are existing here right and then what is north node is like okay cool what is based on the choices of those structures what are the what is the the destiny what is actually here right now what are we grounded in what is this what is this rooted in what is growing from this you know um and being able to then say okay um that's a little weird um that all of this really weird yucky shit that's been happening subconsciously for me for everyone not even just for you but for everyone you know you're a piece of what's happening with the collective in your own individual and unique way is being able to then say okay like what what needs to change what needs to be shifted Saturn is asking us to make new choices um to have authority and be accountable for our choices and because we're not avoiding the choices that we're making like this square is asking us to do like it will be a very big of I want to avoid this thing and it's like no you need to face it head on um in the the days following and so then on the seventh is when Venus will enter um Aries um Venus is in detriment in the sign of Aries one thing that I've learned as someone who has natal Venus and Aries there is this really big need for us to learn what it means to be a partner 
What does it mean to be a partner to somebody? Not to be in a relationship with someone. You know, we have many relationships, right? But like, what does it truly mean to be in partnership? How are the ways that the things that we're facing as an individual and our individual sense of love, of worth, impacting our ability to be a partner? How are some of the the wounds of the inner masculine and the way that we externalize our identity in our relationships impacting our ability to create harmonious relationships with other people? Um, and that's what will come up, right? And that's when the reality, it's the reality check. It's when the, in a way, like the, the mirror just kind of shatters and it's like, oh, wait a second. That's what this has been. And it's like, yes, this is that, that is what this has been. That will be happening. I don't have a specific time because... Let me find it. Venus conjunct Chiron twenty twenty. This is just going to be another time where I pause and I come right back. Okay, so um, <laughs> what's really funny about this story arc is that in this. Um, it is approaching the last quarter moon cycle one because the moon is at this point in Virgo and will be at the quarter moon phase when it enters, um, <clears throat> What is it called? Oh, waxing gibbous. Yep. Um, perfect. Perfect, perfect. And I was born on waxing gibbous, which I've mentioned before. Sorry, I'm just like looking at the chart. I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, it's like one thing after another. There is a grand trine in the sky that is kind of in Earth, but kind of not in Earth because we have Mars in Sagittarius. Um, in that story arc, I told you to go towards Mars in Sagittarius at this point in the game at this point in the transit we have Venus I'm sorry we have Sagittarius on the ascendant so that is the way that we're being asked to view adventure seeking um, through expansion of our mind um, through philosophies through beliefs right? What do we believe? What we believe is what's going to inspire us to action, right? So being able to be very clear about what it is that you believe and make sure that you're holding account yourself accountable for your beliefs, which is something that we talked about back in Capricorn season. So again, with this realization of like, wow, like, uh, I think one thing that I would say is I feel like there needs to be a very big environmental shift and an, an opportunity to physically step away um, if you can, um, to be able to make sense of what's going on um, with this this Venus stuff in the in the coming days, because it's kind of like a ten day cycle um, in which it's 
well, 10, 13 day cycle that, that a lot of this is kind of cul- kind of culminating and, and, and how it's kind of happening, um, for you, you know, um, again with first house in the first house, we have Jupiter. So your beliefs, there's just all of this, like your beliefs are what guide you. Your beliefs are what guide you make your decisions based on what you believe, make your decisions based on what you believe, but know what it is that you believe that's really important right and that's why that Capricorn whatever the last episode was whatever moon cycle that was when we were talking about how beliefs create beliefs are choices that create the destiny for other people being able to know that for yourself and knowing that and realizing so that what that means for community but also what that means for the individual relationships that you have what destiny are you creating for your relationships we have Venus and Chiron in conjunct in Aries, conjunct the IC, which is which or the the fourth house, which is again all about destiny, right? What relationship patterns are you recreating? Are you creating a possibility of healing? That's what you have to do. That's what you're being asked to do. Are you going to be brave enough to do that? Are you willing to step away? Um, and even if that makes people temporarily upset or frustrated or confused in some sort of way, even if it may make people, specifically people who don't get it, feel abandoned, you know, that that might be what it is that you have to do. And so be will, being willing to do that, you know, the thing about the waxing gibbous is it's a, a do now, think later. It's really funny. What was I watching? I was watching a really old Amber Khan video. Um, I think it was Aries, an, an old Aries video. And it was, she was talking about how the Danes say it's better to, to say now and apologize later. Right? And this is kind of what's being asked of you. So like what this is cycle is looking like for me, my personal timing is impeccable. I'm going on a 10-day Vipassana um, retreat. And so that's like a silent meditation retreat. I will not have access to my phone. I will not be in contact with anyone. I will not be able to talk. I will not be able to write. I will not be able to read anything for 10 days. And it's very important, especially at this point in my life in which there are a lot of things happening outside of me, a lot of realizations about people, about responsibilities, um, and my responsibility to other people. And I need to stop. I need to just step away. And I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, I'll explain that later. You know, I work in a job that has a lot of deadlines and a lot of really big expectations. And I needed to put all of that aside because I have the, well, honestly, the privilege of being able to do so, to be able to really get right within myself so that these next choices that I'm making, I'm making sure that they're serving me but they're also serving the greater function of you know my role within community and to and to you know the respective roles that I've signed up for you know and I think there will be if you use this time to if it's stepping away from social media um for a couple of days if it's you know going to the woods if it's going to you know that place where you can feel just very separate <laughs> from everyone and everything for just, just just for just a little bit for just a little bit of time you know 
it, you'll you'll find that it's very very fruitful you know the in this chart um the you know what's missing you know what um th- what part of the chart is intercepted this mars i'm sorry this virgo energy and this piscean energy and while it does lead to a a, a difficulty in integration there is this tendency that those two signs have to go into savior mode, being a martyr, trying to fix everything, trying to compartmentalize everything. And it's like for a, a second, you know, you are being asked, no, this is not about other people. Worry about yourself right now. Can you worry about you? We need you to worry about you. Um, it also can be, and you might kind of see it, people dissociating from the realities that they're subjecting other people to in particular environments. Um, it could be a refusal to acknowledge the, the way that they're emotionally locking themselves in, right? Um, it can go that way as well. And I think that also is a really big part of what you're kind of being asked to remember when the moon is in Virgo, whoo, child, it is very critical, you know, and it has that discerning ability, but it can also go overboard and it can also um, make us forget what it is that we feel um, for the sake of trying to make sense of something, right? And it's a thing where it needs to be feel first, make sense of it later, later, right? Do now, you know, um, apologize later. With the waxing gibbous, it's all about having the urge to contribute something of value outside of yourself um, at the faster planet's position, which is defined by the goals of the slower, right? So there is this desire to fix I want to fix it. I want to fix it. I want to fix this relationship. I want to fix this, you know, whatever the fuck. And it's like, look, you know, I want to fix all of this because that's what, what we need. We, you know, like the sun in Aquarius, the thought is like, we, that might not be the way that Aquarians (laughs) or the energy has you externalizing it, but it's like very like, this is about all of us. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm choosing that. And it's like, you can't, you know, use all of your energy putting out these small fires or even trying to save people from themselves or ignoring things that are happening in your body um, for the sake of being able to fix people and things outside of yourself, even if it's just a relationship, right? The goals are expressed in the opposition point of the slower. So in Leo, ooh, Like, you need to worry about yourself. (laughs) You want to do that? Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself completely. Just really jump jump into you. Completely, headfirst. Dive into yourself. You are analyzing and eliminating non-essentials to perfect the personal expression of the faster planet. What is a better way... Ooh, have I been wrong? Y'all have been wrong. We're actually in the disseminating phase. It's a waning gibbous, not a waxing gibbous. My bad. 
The Faster Planet shows how and where you can share your share with others or live out something that was meaningful for you. The Slower Planet shows what is what it is that's meaningful. So community, being able to pour into other people, being able to pour a constructive way of being, a unique way of being into the people and the spaces that matter to you. That is what's important. This, uh, if you have nothing to share, that is exactly what you will be projecting very verbally. And so it, this is a time in which you can kind of see for yourself based on the way that people are showing up, again, their own wounds around their identity and what they don't believe that they can show and share of it. And so it can be just very nonsensical the way that people, yeah, and then on top of that, Mercury is in Pisces. So it can be very nonsensical the way that people are relating to you and it may feel kind of full of shit. And in a way it is, you know, and, and again, going back to like, does this, per- like, not only do I, do I know what it takes to be a partner, but does this person know what it takes to, to create a partnership and to create a partnership that they can then be used for this community and to serve a greater function? It's a really big energy of like being able to kind of call um, people's bluff and really being able to see where people's hurts are. And where are we being asked to look during the disseminating phase of the moon? We're being asked to look at Venus. Venus, Taurus, and Libra are associated with the disseminating phase. You have made something a meaningful part of your value system. You value what you are spreading to others. So if you feel like it's important to spread your wounded projections of what you don't have the bravery to the the courage to bring to a relationship because you're so fucking afraid of what <laughs> how someone will treat you if you're just you then that's what's going to show up it is a really big time of really being able to see what it is that you do not want from other people what you do not want from your sources of revenue being able to see where your individual values as someone who is working to heal differ greatly from someone else's it will also be really easy for people to see the opposite see the opposite and call you on your shit right what we're looking at is then the 10th house which is about what choices um and so the choices that we make in relationship in relationships based on how we are showing up as a partner and how our wounds are impacting our ability to show up as a partner oh my god i was like someone called regarding my my car because i'm about to go pick up my car (laughs) they called and i declined i was like no and i was like wait you actually need to answer this call it's actually important Venus in the chart is therefore significant in showing you where your values are focused. And your values should be focused on you, but it should be on you and healing your wounds, not projecting your wounds onto other people. And you're not feeling like you have a sense of self and sense of identity. This is very funny that all of this is coming up, given the conversations I've had over the last couple of days. Um... And what you will find 
is you will be because what we're going to be looking in terms of like what so like the Libra in the chart is showing us what will attract us in love and it will either be choices that allow us to heal because we choose it or choices that allow us to heal in the way that is going to be painful and painful in the sense of continuing cycles of that hurt until we realize that we've been hitting our head up against the fucking wall, right? Venus and Aries, right? The way that we can be rewarded and, and the value is shown up, shows up in our life is the Taurus part of the chart. So right now we have Uranus and Taurus and such you'll find is that a lot of how I was talking about when Uranus went direct, seeds, 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 all of the little seedlings and that are kind of coming up, being able to see like, oh, wow, there's another leaf kind of growing, even though this one particular leaf may be falling off, the more authentic, you know, your expression of yourself will be and the more solid you'll be in your self-expression is also another thing because we have um, tourists on the cusp of the fifth house, right? So it's being able to have this unshakable sense of self and being very kind of grounded and secure in the foundation that you're building for yourself based on your ability to heal your wounds. The thing about Chiron is that even though it's about the personal wound that we're trying to transcend, it's also about the way that we are able to know for ourselves, like this is a wound that I'm experienced, that I have the ability to help other people work through. Those are the things that I want to talk about. Um, For this Aquarius season, it's definitely a really intense one. I remember I have literally told most people who I've read for go on vacation, like disappear, like disappear, disappear. But also this first three months of the year are so preparatory. There's so much really intense work that you're just being asked to transfer. You're like, where's the 2020 stuff? Like, where's the money? Where's the this? Where's the that? We will worry about that in this later part of the year right now what we're doing is we're clearing the air we're clearing the weeds we're clearing all of that shit that's going to allow us to be in alignment with the things that we need right choosing to do that is what's going to allow you to make the choices that will make you feel secure that will have your bag ready for you that will have love ready for you all of that other shit do not worry about the timing of any of those things they're going to come around they just are this is a really good time while I'm away to re-listen to that blessings episode, that Taurus full moon, the one that was on eleven eleven. Yeah, go listen to that shit again. Um, because this is what we're working through now in Aquarius season is everything that will allow that to be within our reach. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Again, I will be gone. Um from the uh, you will not hear from me in any form so if you sent me any emails I will try to answer all my emails by Wednesday if I don't I don't that's just what it is um all of that by then you know is so if you need anything before the 29th hit me up If not, I will talk to you after in mid-February, so around the time that this shit starts happening. 
um, is when you will, I will may make my debut back into the, the, the conscious world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to get away. I'm definitely very happy with my choice to get the fuck away. Hopefully everyone has an opportunity to, to pick or do something that will allow them to get away. Um, while I'm gone, an episode will publish, um, the full moon episode, which will be really, really great. Maybe I'll kind of reference some of the shit that happened in the Taurus one. Um, we're almost there, you guys. I know that, like, it feels like we've been waiting forever for whatever the fuck that it is that's supposed to be coming to us. It's, it's coming. It is. There's just more and more that we need to clear space for, from, to, to make sure that we get there. Alrighty, I will talk to you in February.